Benny. Hi, Arthur. Hello, hello. And do you like Chris Pine? I absolutely love Chris Pine, actually. Yeah, yeah me too. I actually think he's uh, really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he would be in Dungeons and Dragons. I think he could do it. I'm surprised. I'm like when I read this story, I was not so much surprised that Chris Pine is in negotiations to be in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It was more or less like I'm surprised that I didn't see any of the Hollywood actors that like routinely play Dungeons and Dragons. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what's his name? Joe Manja. Oh, yeah. Mangalito or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, he, he plays, like, he routinely has, like, a Dungeons and Dragons kind of, like, weekly or bi-weekly game with, like, other celebrities. And, like, so, like, for a Dungeons and Dragons movie, like, I expected, like, Vin Diesel is a big D&D fan. So is Joe. So is, like, Kevin Smith. Like, there's a wide-sweeping group of celebrities that absolutely love D&D. So I'm just surprised that, like, I'm not hearing that they're doing a D&D movie. It's like, oh, they're going to do one and Chris Pine's going to do it. Yeah. And who knows, maybe like some more people end up being casted. Mm-hmm. I can see that because this seems like it's he's maybe the only one acting wise that seems to be signed up for it. And the only other people they have on board for it is the writer and director, which isn't really giving me hope. Because it's the people that did Game Night, which I love that movie. I think I thought it was a really good comedy, but do you want them to do a Dungeons and Dragons movie? Well, I mean, to be fair, how many times have you seen a comedy movie and those same people go off? But you know what? The best example? Uh, Jordan Peele. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Right? Like, that guy was nothing but comedy and like the movies he did was like Keanu, right? Like a pretty absurd comedy, all fantastic. And then, you know, he flips over to the other side and goes, you know, I want to do some dark horror thriller type movies. And both of them that he's put out so far have been fucking absolutely aces in my books. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I never saw his second one. I only saw the first one. I personally thought the first one was better than the second one, but the second one was also very intense. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. Okay, so that's fair enough. But, yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious how this does. Because yeah. the last Dungeons & Dragons movie did not do well, so. No, it was a massive, massive flop. Yeah. Well, seeing like that's why I'm surprised. Like, what they need to do is they need to get Kevin Smith, Joe, Vince Vaughn, Vin Diesel, like all these like routinely playing genuine D and D fans to fucking put together a D and D movie. Because then you know it's like in that situation it would be a movie for the fans made by the fans. Yeah, and maybe that's. Maybe that's how you make a successful Dungeons and Dragons movie. Is maybe you don't try to do what they did with that last movie where it was like, hey, we're going to kind of make this like serious fantasy epic. Like maybe you kind of play into the fan base and kind of 
do that, like not do it as seriously. Like maybe that's how you do a Dungeons and Dragons movie. And that very well could be it. Because I don't know, like a new like epic fantasy epic movie in 2020, like they're just not making those anymore. Like that, and I don't think that's what people want, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious what this ends up looking like. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, definitely not at the top of my list, but I mean, I like Chris Pine. I'll have to wait and see how the rest of the cast rounds out, but. Hmm. And then also speaking of fantasy epic stuff that uh, HBO uh, Game of Thrones prequel whatever the fuck it is Mm -hmm. they added some cast I see that none I'm I'm looking at the three people they just added Olivia Cook Matt Smith and Emma the RC none of those names immediately strike anything in my head Uh, the only one for me is Matt Smith he's really good Matt Smith. Is he one of the uh, doctors? Yeah. And then uh, you wouldn't have seen him in this, but he was in uh, the first two seasons of The Crown. Okay, so British guy. Yep. <laughs> okay, like now, now that I'm looking at his face, okay, he kind of, he looks familiar, but yeah, I can't say that I've really seen him in anything. Yeah, he's actually um, he's actually a really good actor. So I think getting him I think is really good. And I I don't know who the other people are but i mean that's kind of on par for game of thrones they didn't really get a bunch of major people for that show on hbo right mm-hmm. aside from uh okay the guy that dies in everything oh, i can't think of his name don bean yes so. okay i haven't i haven't seen olivia cook in a, in like looking at her list i haven't really seen her in anything else but i do recognize her now that i see her picture she was uh the female lead in Ready Player One. Artemis oh. slash Samantha. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. She's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they kind of give uh, some descriptions for each of the characters. So Cook is playing like the daughter of uh, a dude that was the hand of the king, I think. Uh, the other girl is playing uh, one of the Targaryens firstborn. And then Smith is playing uh, one of the Prince Targaryens. So. Okay. Yeah, I uh, still don't know how I feel about this show. I still feel uh, a little bit burnt. So. Yeah, it's not on my priority list. Uh, I might give it uh, a go assuming that I know without a doubt that the uh, two dingle nuts are not attached in any way shape or fucking form yeah I think that's the saving grace yeah so as long as they are not involved in the fucking slightest then um, yeah I'll probably give it a go or at least a peek yeah I think that's where I'm at with it is like I'll watch the premiere and if it's good, then I'll watch more of it. If it's not, then maybe I won't. Because mm-hmm. I think there is, like, 
I think you can do some interesting stuff, you know, kind of in the heyday of the Targaryens and like that kind of like the war with all of them and and when dragons were kind of at their peak, not yeah. extinct. Like yeah. I think there's some cool stuff you can do with that. And if they did it right and kind of still did the Game of Thrones kind of style where it's like no one's safe, like they're far enough back that like you know where some people end up, but like yeah, I I have mixed feelings on it. Because I'm like, there's cool stuff you could do, but that last season of Game of Thrones still stings. Yeah, still not happy about that at all. So, yeah. But, solid casting choices. So far, yeah. I mean, so, we'll, we'll, like I said, I'll see how this plays out. Because I am genuinely curious. Because for the most part, it took me a while to get into Thrones. But once I did, I was right into it. If they do it in the same vein where it's like, you know, chock full of fighting and violence and nudity and it's graphical and all that other stuff. Like if it's Game of Thrones at HBO, then I'll have a boo. Yeah. I don't have high hopes, though. But No. Yeah, I think this is one of those ones where, like, I have no expectations. So if I go in and it's great, awesome. But, like, I'm not expecting it to be. And then we got uh, Alicia Vikander who's doing a limited HBO series. Yes, Irma Vip. Deep. Yeah. One of those two. Um, I I like I like her as an actress. Like, oh man, her in Ex Machina was unfucking real. That's still one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, the movie uh, was really good. Absolutely loved it, and I'm a big fan of her as uh, as Laura Croft. I like hope they keep making Tomb Raider movies with her in the lead role because I thought she did an amazing job. I was I was right into it. This, on the other hand, just like reading the synopsis, revolves around Vikander playing a lady named Mira, an American movie star disillusioned by her career and recent breakup, who moves to France to star as Irma Vep Beep in a remake of the French silent film classic. Less vampires. So it just immediately I'm like, that doesn't sound like something I'm into. Yeah. Were it um were because I read that first part too and I was like, I don't know. And then like they kinda go on to say that like it might turn into kind of like a psychological and a thriller thing where she's like can't tell the difference between her and who she's playing. And I was like, okay, you could go down some really cool stuff with that. If they did it right. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's something where like just reading the synopsis doesn't uh, do anything for me. But that could completely change once I actually get a teaser trailer and a feel for it. Yeah. Just any of those old timey movies aren't aren't really in my wheelhouse. They're not really my jam. Yeah, that's fair. I think if they uh, went the route of they kind of made this like a psychological kind of thriller where like her psyche kind of gets damaged and she's like, I don't know if I'm the, you know, actress or me, you know, and I think you could do some kind of weird psychedelic shit with that. Yeah, I suppose you could. If that's the route they go. But like, I don't know, being that this is fairly 
early on with the deets. I don't know. Who knows? It's kind of like you said, who knows till we get like a trailer where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, here's what the tone is. This is what this is going to be, right? Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to end up just based on the history of HBO. It's going to be like a phenomenal, incredibly captivating show to watch, and it'll be a limited series, so you'll only get a taste, and then that's the end of that. Yeah, probably. Or they'll, or they'll be like, oh, this was supposed to be a limited series, but it did so well, we're going to give it a another season, and then you know, a few months later they go, never mind, season two's canceled, just like they did with the fucking Outsider. I was about to say, it sounds like someone's still upset about the Outsider. Very upset. <laughs> I'm, I'm still pretty fucking butthurt about that. That's fair. Like I was fine. I was fine when that show ended thinking, okay, well, that was interesting. Limited series. I mean, sucks. I would have liked to see more, but I get it. I went in knowing that this was going to be a one-off thing, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And then they go, oh, this did good. All right. Get together, boys. Season two. It's happening. And then I just got pumped because I was like, fuck yeah. Was not expecting a second season. I'm just hyped on this. And then they took it away. Yeah, I had the same thing. Like, I think if you're going to pitch a limited series, make it a fucking limited series. Like, because I'm, I'm fine with just, like, here is eight episodes of a story, and there's no sequel or anything like that. We just had an idea for eight, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. cool. I'm fine with that. You know, like, The Outsider, I was like, okay, here's a really good, you know, eight or ten episodes of Stephen King. Kind of like that... uh Eleven twenty two sixty three. you know when they did that it was like here's just yeah. one season of really good tv and that's all you're getting but that's all you need like i'm fine with that but then don't like after the fact come back and be like oh we're actually gonna do more and then it's like fuck you don't need to yeah exactly so yeah i'll be curious to actually uh see some footage like you said like, give me a trailer for this, and that'll kind of determine kind of the excitement. Mm-hmm. And then we got Ben Affleck to star as Houdini. Yeah. And I'm excited to this about this, and like I'm going to straight up just quote Kevin Smith here many, many years ago where he was talking about his relationship with Ben Affleck and said that, quote, Ben Affleck is such an amazing actor that he could literally play anything, anyone, in any movie. I would even cast him as the shark in Jaws if I could. Yeah. I've always thought that Ben Affleck could fucking play anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, once people started seeing him in, like, what he was writing and directing, and, like, subsequently, like, starring in it, like, people realized how good of an actor he was. He's been a good actor forever, though. Like, it's yeah. a little disheartening that people are like, now they're like, oh, shit, Ben Affleck. Yeah, I guess he's a pretty good actor. It's like, where the fuck have you been all, like, you know, the last 20 plus years? Like, this guy's been crushing it since day one. Yeah. And, and like, maybe, like, those people, like, when they think of Ben Affleck 15 years ago, they're like, oh, the guy that did Geely and Daredevil? Right. Like, not good movies, right? So it's like... But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I I guess I can understand. Like, I honestly didn't mind his Daredevil. It didn't blow my socks off. But I mean, I think that was more or less just 
some of the way it was shot and the story was pretty shoddy. Like I thought he was like a good fucking Murdoch. I thought he did good in the fucking suit. I just didn't think the story was good enough. And I think they went a little over the top with like Colin Farrell as bullseye. And it just seemed like way overproduced than what it needed to be. It needed to be more like a dark and gritty kind of superhero movie. And it just, it seemed like they went way above, like even the Marvel fucking um, formula there. Like to me, it was very akin to how when they did the second reboot of Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, it's like, yeah, this is Spider-Man, but you're throwing in a lot of like hokey family bullshitty. This doesn't need to be in here. Crap. Yeah, that is true. That, yeah. That's how I felt about his Daredevil anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But I'm excited for this. I like Ben Affleck in these kind of more serious roles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's um, that 10 Cloverfield Lane guy, which I still got to watch 10 Cloverfield Lane. I still haven't. I, I can't believe you have it, man. Fucking. Oh, no. What? Oh, I'm trying to think of his name and I'm blanking. Oh, uh, John Goodman. Yes. Fuck. That's I, embarrassing because, like, John Goodman is such a fucking champ. Oh, I love John Goodman. It reminds and, me. Or, sorry, go ahead. And, and in, in, in that movie, John Goodman is like, he's firing on all fucking cylinders in that film. Like, he just, like, he activates every emotion that you could have where you're like, oh, I feel bad for this guy. Oh, I understand. And, like, I'm on his side. And then, like, you know, as things progress, you're like, this guy's a psychopath. This guy's crazy he's unstable he's like it just hits you like all the feels all the way up from like supportive to like just genuinely terrified yeah and and mary elizabeth winstead is also always a fucking always a delight to watch yeah yeah i feel like john goodman fires on all cylinders like all the time like i feel like that guy's just a a fucking champ did you ever see kevin smith's red state no, I don't think I did. He, John Goodman's in that one too, and he's also fucking just stellar. One of my favorite ones that John Goodman did was um uh it was with Brian Cranston and it was about Argo? Uh, no, not Argo. Um Brian Cranston was a writer and it's it from pla- Tromboli or Trombali or something? Yes. And he was phenomenal in that. Mm-hmm. Um because he played like a a mid-tier studio exec that was just churning out like kind of like I'm making 20 movies a year and they're not good and he hires um all of the writers that are supposed to be on strike or that can't write and he pays them under the table and his performance was amazing Hmm. so movie was alright but uh he was good I'm good he's Highly underrated, I think. Like he should be at the top of Hollywood, not just. And maybe it's just like his style, where he's like, he probably could be in a whole bunch of movies, but he's like, no, like this one sounds interesting. I haven't really played this character or this type of character before. I'll give it a go. I bet that's what it is, because like John Goodman doesn't need money with all the fucking TV residuals he's probably getting, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, I bet it's a case of like he just does what he wants, and he's like, ooh this script hit my desk and I can really sink my teeth into this. So I'll do this. Right. Yeah. 
like the man probably doesn't need to work so he's like i'm gonna do do what i want right yeah so and respect if that's the case but yeah i'm mm-hmm. a, i'm excited for this yeah me too and i th- uh, think too because i i think the houdini story is probably a pretty fascinating one so That's got my attention. I mean, Houdini's quite the character in his own, so... Yeah, that's what I mean, like, that. there's got to be a kind of crazy life story there. So, yeah, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And stuff that uh, I'm super, like, not excited for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't give a fuck about a Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. TV series. Yeah. I don't know whose brilliant idea it was to go this route. I don't know whose idea it was to like even pitch this as a possible idea. Like I just don't understand. And I don't really know Sebastian Stan that well, but like to see that Lily James has signed on, I I don't get it. I don't I'm not following any of this. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. When I saw this, I was like Oh, like I, I, I love Lily James. Like he's one of my favorites. And I was like, Sebastian Stan, he's good. And then I was like, but everything else, I was like, what, why? Like fucking what? (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like uh, why make this? Explain, Tyler. Why make this? I don't know. And like, I'm scrolling down, like, and seeing other stuff. And like, Rob Siegel is going to fucking serve as the writer. Seth Rogen and his part- longtime partner Evan Goldberg are producing it. Like, there's these are some big names coming together. For from the outside looking in, just sounds like the biggest piece of shit film of all time. Yeah. Like, if you were to look back and like, just be completely honest, like anyone and anyone. Take a pause, clear your mind, close your eyes, and when you think Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, what comes to mind? Be honest. Nothing. Sex tape. Oh, yeah, right. That is the only thing that comes to my mind is like, that was like probably the first celebrity sex tape. Right. And that is the only thing I can remember of any kind of relevance from the short period of time that those two were married. Other than that, I have no fucking idea. Like, Pamela Anderson, like, I don't know what she's doing now, but she's fallen so far from relevance that I couldn't even tell you if she's living in North America at this point. And Tommy Lee, I mean, like, yeah, famous drummer, which also, like, makes me think, like, why did they go with this guy? Like, I, I'm hit or miss when it comes to Machine Gun Kelly. Right. Uh, I didn't overly care for his character in the movie Nerve across from Ember Roberts although right. it was a minor supporting role I did however I really got into the television show Roadies oh that's right with, yep. with the Mogan Poots and um, the other Wilson brother oh uh, Luke Wilson yeah and Luke Wilson I thought that show was great and then he ends up coming in on that show and I thought his character was great and I watched the Motley Crue Dirt movie on Netflix, like the Netflix made one where 
Machine Gun Kelly plays Tommy Lee in that movie, and I honestly thought he did good playing Tommy Lee. I um just like just looking at the pictures of these guys, I'm like, I don't picture this Sebastian Stan guy as a Tommy Lee. I don't think that he's got the the mannerisms or you know the walk, the talk, like the way Tommy Lee carries himself. Because like Tommy Lee is like incredibly cocky. He's got a he's got a pretty big ego, and he's just like overflowing with confidence. I mean, he's Tommy fucking Lee. Yeah. And I'm just like looking at this guy's headshot. I'm like that. I'm not seeing that in you at all. Yeah, I didn't like you kind of saying like all the people involved, like Seth Rogen, like his production company. I wonder if this turns into like some weird fucking like comedy ridiculous story where you're just like, like, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, here's one of these stories that should never be told because why the fuck would you? But then they maybe just like do it so ridiculously that you're just like, okay, this is actually really good, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how he goes from Bucky to Tommy Lee. I just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I for those of you who don't know who Sebastian Stan is, he's he's Bucky. He's the Winter Soldier from the Marvel movies. Yeah. So like I don't know, it just seems like an odd casting choice, and I don't see Lily James. Like I like Lily James quite a bit, but I just don't really see her as a Pamela Anderson type. Yeah, me neither. Like, who greenlit this? Like, what was the pitch? Where they were like, "Yeah, that sounds good. Let's dump money into that." Like, what's the pitch? I don't know. <laughs> me neither. Like. Someone called in a lot of favors, I guess, because that just seems disastrous. Like, yeah, it seems like a waste of money. And I, I feel like I, and I could be completely wrong on this. Maybe it's like a sleeper hit. Like it premieres on fucking Hulu and just starts racking in all the streams. I don't know. I know yeah. from my perspective, there's no part of their lives together that I'm interested in seeing turned into a series. If they wanted to do a television series that was based on like, Tommy Lee's life, like, you know, in between Motley Crue or like when he wasn't with the band, like, I would be interested because Tommy Lee is, he's an interesting guy. Like, he's lived quite the life. Yeah. But to just focus on him and his, like, very brief marriage to Pamela Anderson, like, it doesn't, doesn't really captivate me, but. Yeah. I think the show is going to be one of two things. It'll be that sleeper hit that you're talking about where everyone's like, holy shit. You know, this should have never been this good. Or I think it's just going to float into the abyss and no one's going to watch it. That's very possible. So, because, yeah, I'm... Like, what intern ran into the boardroom and was like, Yo, guys, I got it. I got our next show. Like, I don't know. You know how, like, the longest... The joke, the long-running joke for the longest time at Netflix was, like, they'll take anything... <laughs> you could just like sit down and pitch them the stupidest idea and Netflix would be like, I like it. Let's sign it up. Yeah. Like maybe that's Hulu. Like maybe we need to shift gears on that joke where like Hulu's just signing anything and everything that comes across their fucking desk. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Fuck. This is weird. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I'll check the first episode out just out of curiosity because I like both those two people but fuck I don't know 
I don't, I don't even know. know if I'll go that far. I'll uh, I'll watch a trailer and be like, oh yeah, this is exactly as terrible as I assumed it was going to be, and then probably move on with my life. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, in other news, looks like H or fucking Dave Chappelle is flexing his Dave Chappelle muscles once again. Yeah. And has uh, asked HBO Max to take Chappelle's show off, and they did. Yeah. Like. I can't think of anyone else in the industry right now that would be able to like not only get Netflix to pull a very popular series off their platform, but let alone get Netflix and fucking HBO to do it. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Yeah. I think this is a testament to, uh, you know, maybe people don't realize how much sway and how big Dave Chappelle is, especially him coming back. You know, it's like for him, it's like you said, like the Netflix one made sense because that's where he's making all of his stuff. But for him to just call up HBO and be like, yo, I want you to take the Chappelle show down. And they're like, okay. Like, fucking what? Yeah, that's that's pretty fucking wild. Like when I saw that, I was just like, holy shit, like HBO right now is getting like. Well, not HBO, but like Warner Brothers, who owns HBO, right? Like they're getting yeah. sued by like their own subsidiary filming companies because they're going all they're like all in on the streaming endeavor. Like it's just a fucking mess in there. And in the middle of it, Dave's like, "Hey, take my show off your fucking platform." And they're like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah. So, yeah, like this is kind of fucking insane. Like, I wonder if with him getting Netflix and HBO to pull this stuff. I wonder if he ends up getting some back-end deal. Like, to get some money from that show. And by all accounts and by all rights, he should. I think though. I think what he's... I could be wrong on this, but if I'm Dave Chappelle and I've convinced all these streaming platforms hey, take my shit off your platform. I don't want it there because I don't make any money from it. I think what this is eventually going to lead to is if no one is willing to play it on any sort of like cable channel and no one's willing to put it on their streaming service, then the value of that show is, you know, non-existent, right? Which would allow Dave to get come the in back. and purchase the rights back to his fucking show. So maybe that's kind of what his game is, is like, he doesn't necessarily want to get paid from it, but he's like, I want the rights to it. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to want to get paid from it. Like, yeah. Now I'm thinking of it like if he had the rights to it, how quick would uh, there be a new Chappelle show on Netflix? I don't know, man. I would fucking love more Chappelle show. That's what I mean. Like if he had the rights, I bet you would see uh, that show continue on Netflix rather soon after. And that would be a dream come true for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, like the whole reason he left the show was because they were just like pumping out so many and he was exhausted and like, yeah, it was kind of like, a, yeah, we don't care that you're tired. We want this show. Pump it out. Pump it out. Pump it out. Pump it out. Yeah. And then he eventually just kind of like had like a little collapse and was like, I'm fucking out. And he just left the country. He was like, I'm done. Yeah. So if he was able to get the rights back to his show, because like, I mean, let's be like the Chappelle show. It's it's Dave's fucking show right like there's I, I can't think of anyone who could possibly sit there and be like well yeah maybe he's the star but like it's really my show right like no the whole it is. thing yeah it is all dave right so if he's yep. able to get those rights back 
and then you know he could return that to the streaming platforms and then cut a deal with Netflix. We'll be like, yeah, I'll do New Chappelle show for you, but you know I want to do. It's on his own terms, right? Yeah, ten episodes per season, yeah. and I'm gonna take six months to do it, right? Like, yeah. So the guy's not just drained. Yeah, and Netflix would do nothing but just say yes, okay. Oh yeah, Netflix would just throw money and tell he was yeah. happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like when I read this, I was trying to think like, can you ever think of another fucking person in Hollywood that got this much? Like, that had this much pull to do this, where they're just like, take my old shit off that I don't own, that you bought the rights for, get rid of it to make me happy. Like, can no. you think of anyone that has had that kind of pull, or not that a, has used it that way, right? Not a single person. Exactly. So it's like, fuck. It's insane. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. I hope this works out for him. I'm hope. I'm hoping that he's able to get his rights back, and I'm hoping that down the road this leads to more new Chappelle show. Yeah, the more I, uh, the more we talk about it, I bet that's, I bet that's what the long game is—is is him trying to get the rights back. I hope so. I yeah. really, really hope so. Yeah. Me too. Because, yeah, Dave Chappelle, dude's awesome. He's pretty stellar. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it looks like there's even more fucking Snyder Cut news. Yes. We here, had I thought some... we, here I thought we were coming towards the fucking end of this, but... Nope. The more fucking weird-ass shit. And it's, apparently it's getting an R rating. Which is intriguing. Yeah. But, like, is this an R rating? Like, I don't think it's the R rating people want. Like, I don't think it's going to be some dark, like, new, dark, gritty thing. No, but I mean, like, to get an R rating, like, there's a few things that'll automatically... Because, like, again, this is R. Like, this isn't 18A, this isn't 14A, this is an R. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's as serious as it goes. The next step up is, like, getting the X rating because it's, like, a fucking full-blown porno. So, like... You're at the top of the rating list in terms of like the restricted audience that, you know, should be watching this kind of film. So I'm curious what they're doing because like, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've seen many movies that'll have cursing or some violence and still get away with a 14A or an 18A. Yeah, it's because there's like the rating rules is like you can have like exactly like three F-bombs before we like knock the rating up, right? So it's like, if all of a sudden you have five, it's like, that's why you're getting the R rating. So it's like, it's, it's kind of this obscure thing, right? So it's like, yeah. Very interesting nonetheless. Yeah. I would have to think that it would take more than just saying fuck four times before you got bumped up to an R rating. I think there is like some like stupid rules that like we'll do it that way and they're just like yeah cut one out and then you're good you're not our well i i definitely know that there are some pretty ridiculous rules and some some pretty ridiculous things that a, a movie could like just cut this one scene or change the the dialogue here to like a couple different words to like bring her down but in terms of this movie 
Because like if, going by the last one, like, yeah, it was violent, but there wasn't like gory violence, right? And there's absolutely no nudity. Yep. So I just, I, I have to think in my head, there has to be more than just saying fuck a couple times for, for them to net it an R rating. But I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, I have no idea. Because, yeah, it's uh, like you think of, uh, you know, Avengers, right? Like tons of violence and stuff like that. And, you know, they swear here and there, you know, but it's like you said, it's not gore. You know, it's not like blood and guts kind of thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. what? uh, Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know, just like just in my head, if I was to like replay the last Avengers movie, which I believe was PG-13. That sounds right. Which had like. I think they said shit or something or ass in there a couple times. Yeah. But like, I'm just, I'm hard pressed in my mind to like reimagine that movie and have like one scene where Tony Stark goes like, this is fucking ridiculous. And then the Hulk goes, yeah, it is pretty fucking stupid. And then boom, that movie's an R rated movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, I don't know. I don't work for the motion picture association who hands out the ratings. So, yeah. So. Fucking Jesus Christ. It's Snyder. Yeah, can we just get this thing already? Well, apparently I, I didn't put it in for the news story this week, but uh, apparently the date that it's coming out is March. Oh. But they didn't confirm it yet, but apparently he said that in one of, like, an Instagram story that he later deleted. So maybe not that far away, hmm. but uh, I mean, fucking where would we be without fucking weird Snyder Cut news? Oh, so I just decided to like quickly look up some of the ratings and apparently R isn't the top rating. Oh, apparently NC-17 is one step above R. Oh, I thought it was one step below. That's what I thought, but R is restricted. Children under 17 require accompanying parent or adult, whereas NC-17 is no one 17 and under is allowed, period. Even if you're with an adult. Oh, interesting. Yeah, if it's rated R, you can still, you know, if you're 10 years old, you can still go with your dad. Right. If it's it's NC-17, then unless you're 18 years old, you're not going in. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh, Interesting. I thought that was below. Yeah. <laughs> Usually contains adult material such as adult activity, harsh language, intense graphic violence, drug abuse, and nudity. That's what an R rating is. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Fucking stop giving us stupid news about the Snyder Cut. Just give us Give it to us already. Yeah, like before you were just building hype, now you're just trying my patience. Yeah, at this point I'm just like, shut up and give me the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, let me just see this Frankenstein fucking thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Man, what are we going to talk about once the Snyder Cut actually comes out and we don't have all of this bullshit news? We can just talk about how the Schneider cut did not live up to the hype, I'm guessing. It probably. Probably. 
And then in the last piece of news, which I find a little heartbreaking personally, because I am like so invested into this film franchise. Jackass 4 started filming and only a few days into production, Devo and Knoxville are already in the hospital. Yeah. Which I read this and I was like, okay, that sounds about right. Well, I mean, you know, I understand to an extent because, like, <laughs> they just keep getting older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not yeah. young. And, yeah. like, Knoxville's body, like, even when, like, prior to, like, this movie, like, if you saw him, like, in interviews or whatever in the last year, like, he's not moving the way he used to. Like, you can tell that the years and years of, like, physical abuse is taking its toll. Yeah, right? So... That's why, like, after Jackass 3D, I was like, fuck, I hope they do at least one more movie, and I hope they get on it sooner than later. Yeah. Because the older they get, the harder it's going to be. And, like, honestly, I've said this before, and I will say it again. I will go see a new Jackass movie every fucking year. If they put a new Jackass out movie every year, I will pay to go see it. Yeah. And it's one of the few franchises... That not only do I pay to go see it in theaters, but the moment I get an opportunity to buy it on Blu-ray, I do. And then the moment the half version comes out, because they'll always they'll do like Jackass, and then they'll do Jackass 1.5, which is like hours of all the stuff that didn't make it into the main movie. Same with Jackass. They did Jackass 2.5 and Jackass 3, then Jackass 3.5. So like their .5 versions, I always buy those on Blu-ray too. Yeah. Like I just... I mean, some like a lot of people find them funny. Other people just think it's like stupid and mindless and don't understand why people care about it. And that's totally fine. But to me, they're some of my favorite movies of all time because it doesn't matter what I'm doing, where I am. Like if a jackass movie comes on, I'm sitting there and I'm just laughing. I'm just enjoying the hell out of myself. Yeah. Yeah, they are definitely those movies where it's just like. This is a ride. I'm going to I'm going to laugh. Right. Yeah. I, uh, did they say, like, how serious the injuries are? They didn't really say how serious. All we know is they were filming a stunt that involved them jumping onto moving treadmills <laughs> while holding band equipment. Okay. It sounds like a tuba was involved. <laughs> okay. But that's really all we know. Okay. I, like, I haven't really come across any other reports as to like whether there were serious injuries, like if there was, you know, any sort of broken bones or any of that nature, like how long production is put on pause. Yeah. Yeah, it just says like in what Bam, I guess Bam Margera posted a bunch of videos and he assumed things weren't too serious. Oh, okay. Oh, hopefully they heal up soon. Because mm -hmm. fuck, do I ever want this movie? Yeah, they'll heal up soon and then just get injured again, probably. Yeah, prob probably. <laughs> that but, seems like the most likely. Yeah. So. Yeah, I uh, I'm down for another one of these. Oh, I'm down for another twenty. Yeah. I mean, here's a question. So, like, if Jackass Four is the last one. Do you see a resurgence of this kind of movie, you know, five or ten years from now with totally different people? I do. Yeah? There's always going to play be a place for, like, stupid shock humor. Yeah. 
And like, even when Jackass was going, you saw that kind of stuff come out of the woodwork with multiple people, but like from all over the country, there was, um, I can't remember their names, but their group was called Dirty Sanchez, if I recall correctly. I believe they were either British or Australian. And they did the same thing. They did a movie full of like wild, ridiculous, outrageous stunts. And then there was uh, like the Dudesons, which is a, a, alongside the same time frame as Jackass. Right. We're doing the same thing over in Helsinki. Right. So I, there's there's definitely a place for this. And like same thing. I wish the Dudesons would come come out of the woodwork because like their television show I thought was absolutely hilarious. And I would gladly sit down and watch hours and hours of that again. Yeah. See, my fear is like once the Jackass stuff is done, that it doesn't come back to like mainline movies and TV shows, but it just gets in like it ends up getting buried in YouTube. Hopefully not. Like either like it's one thing to have some guys acting like idiots and record it with their like cell phones or like cheap little fucking DJI gimbals or what have you, but like the experience is just so much more enjoyable when you actually have a crew and they're using like professional cameras and you know multiple angles and like it's actually well thrown together and well edited yeah that is true so like i would love nothing more if honestly like maybe they added a few people to this jackass and kind of like you know it was like a slowly passing of the torch kind of thing that'd be a good idea that'd be cool yeah but i mean we'll see how it pans out yeah yeah, I hope it doesn't die because, like, I'd love me a good, a good jackass movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, hopefully they get well. Yeah, fingers crossed. Get this movie out, boys. I'm getting impatient. Yeah. But I think that's uh, that's about it for the news. Yeah, starting to slow down with Christmas, but yeah. And then I didn't watch a whole lot this week. I. Watched the uh, final episode of The Mandalorian, and uh, my god, this is what Star Wars should have been. It's really good. Are you excited for the eight new Star Wars properties coming to Disney Plus? Yeah, actually, I am. Um, some of the spin offs are going to do a setup in The Mandalorian, and I like those characters, so. And The Mandalorian kind of proved that you can. It'll do good Star Wars. Um, so, like, it's kind of got my excitement back up for Star Wars, which is kind of exciting, and I really hope they don't fuck it up again. I'll cross my fingers for you. Yeah, because that, uh, this latest season of The Mandalorian, like, I finished it, and, like, I just thought to myself, I was like, fuck, this is what Star Wars should have been. Like, this is, they nailed it, they got it right. Like, it just hit all of the fucking awesome nerd stuff where it's like, hey, we're going to pull this character in and we're going to make this char- character do the stuff that you want them to do, not maybe some of the stuff that they made them do in other movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? So it's... Like, I don't want to get too into it because there is some pretty heavy spoilers um, of some people that end up in that show. But, uh, yeah. Really good. And uh, I'm kind of sad that I don't have it to watch on Friday now. Whatever are you going to do? I don't know. 
probably keep watching The Crown. Fair enough. Because <laughs> I caught up on more of that, which I finished season two and started on season three. And it's still good. It's still The Crown. But, yeah. All right, then. That's about all I watched this week. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't say that I really watched anything. It was a busy week wrapping up school and then packing everything to move, you know, 1,200 fucking kilometers back home and then unpack everything. Like, I just got this computer hooked up and, like, ready to use at, like, midnight last night. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to watch. I got a bunch of stuff because I started vacation on Friday, so got a bunch of stuff I want to watch this week, like... That uh, band, uh, Stephen King series, the first episode of that is out, so I want to check that out. Oh yeah, that is on my list as well. So that there's only one episode because they're doing like the weekly thing, but I want to check that out to see if that's worth my time. Hmm. And then, I mean, Wonder Woman comes out Christmas Day, so. Yeah, I'll definitely be watching that. Yep, me too, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been kind of blown down with Christmas, but yeah. Well, we only have one more episode of our uh, podcast left before the end of the year, as well. So I know, which is kind of crazy. I know, whole year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, six months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't start till summer, but yeah, but still, milestone nonetheless. Yes, yes, it is crazy. But well. Yeah, I, I've got uh, nothing nothing else to add, unfortunately, unless there's anything else that you want to bring up. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything else. Well, then I guess we'll uh, end her here. Sounds good. I'll catch you on the next one. Later.